0: Hey friends and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 247. We have a lovely husband-wife duo for our guests today. He is a very accomplished show jumper and son of Canadian show jumping legend Ian Miller. He has been riding his whole life, as well as she, who started riding. Her very first lesson was when she was two years old and has essentially been a Grand Prix rider since. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean. They met in 2003 and were married in 2015, and now they run Millerbrook South, which is is the U.S. version of Team Millerbrook, focusing on U.S. and international competitions. They offer a really unique A-rated show experience, working with riders at all different levels. They also have a sales program that's really focused on getting to know their horses well and have horses that have been leased out, and have been experiencing lots of success. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guests today, Jonathan and Kelly Miller. Well, let's jump right to it because there are two of you. I would love to hear, Jonathan, if you kind of want to touch on first how you first found yourself in the horse world.
1: Well, yeah, as you know, um, yeah, through the family business, my father, uh, Ian. And um, so, yeah, I got into it. Well, I was born into it, really. <laughs> and yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, being around the horse shows as a kid. I didn't ride too much as a kid. And then when I was about 15, I uh, started to, yeah, take it more seriously, ride more. And basically, uh, shortly after that, you know, took it on full time. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was born into it and just sort of grew to, uh, love the, uh, the, the sport and the industry and then, and then take on the riding.
0: Love it. Amazing. And then Kelly, what about you? How did you first kind of find yourself in the horse world? And then how did the two of you meet?
2: Uh, I actually started when I was two and a half years old. Um, My mom laughs to this day and says that I wouldn't stop talking about horses or ponies. (laughs) And I was in the back of the car one day in my car seat and she finally just got tired of it and said, all right, I'm going to find a place and we're going to take you riding. And I caught the bug and (laughs) she took me every day after that. My family didn't really ride. My mom grew up on a Cow farm, and they had a pony that they had gotten from an auction. I think mostly a kill pen that she just rode, no saddle, no bridle, to collect the cows. And she says that her my passion for it came from her. She always loved animals. We joke about that, but yeah, that's how it started. Was from one pony ride, and they couldn't keep me away. <laughs> I um, love it. So yeah, it, it's still like that to this day. And I continued on and Jonathan and I actually met uh while we were in Ocala. Yeah, same competing down um, at HITS and 2003 we met.
0: Amazing. And then tell me a little bit, Um, obviously you've both been in the industry for, for a while and, and now you're married. Did horses, do you feel like with the dynamic of your relationship, um, how do you kind of balance that or navigate that kind of working as, as a team, as a married couple, and then, you know, obviously both being so involved in horses?
2: I would say that there's definitely highs and lows. Um, it was something to get used to at first. Um, when Jonathan, when I had first uh, met Jonathan and came to Millerbrook, the train with him and his family. Uh, It was definitely different taking direction from obviously someone that you're so close to. And I think we we got over it and sort of navigated our way through it. Definitely now I would say that strange to not be at the ring with him or like when we get busy sort of being on the ground for each other. Uh, It's a huge, not sure exactly how to say it, but it's almost like you're missing a part of each other when you're not there. But we've learned to obviously grow the business and yeah, you get used to it. And we sit down and critique each other's rounds and talk about the horses. And it's really nice to just bounce ideas off each other and it 's a great thing it 's definitely something again to get used to when you live and you work together with somebody. Uh, you definitely have to have your own you know outlets and friends um, and remember that business is business sometimes and also to separate sort of your personal life and and business life as much as you can to sort of keep a healthy relationship
0: yeah, definitely. I feel like it can be so hard to separate work from personal even just with there just being one of you like in the equestrian mm-hmm. world and how much that we travel and show and ride it, it's so hard but let alone two of you doing it i can imagine that can yeah. be challenging to find that balance
2: yeah it's amazing but yes for sure challenging because i can't imagine doing it without him mm-hmm. and you know just finding a good balance Totally. And um, Jonathan, about
0: two years ago, you both kind of stepped into running Millerbrook South, which is the U.S. branch. Why did you feel like, or did you feel like that was like a specific time that just felt right for you to kind of make that move? Um, tell me a little bit about that period of your life and your business.
1: Yeah, yeah no, it felt like the right time. Um, we enjoy obviously Kelly's, Kelly's American. And, uh, we enjoy what we did is we, we always, in the past, we did, uh, Wellington, uh, in the winters and then, yeah, sort of depended on the year. Uh, we, we d- compete quite a bit in, in Ontario, uh, Spruce Meadows, things like that. Um, and then we get down to the States from time to time, but we kind of felt like, yeah, we were kind of looking to do some different shows um, and and do some different things. And, you know, Kelly and I were in the position that we could sort of, yeah, we weren't tied down really to anything uh, in that way. And, and we felt like we could, uh, you know, do this was a good time to be able to do different things. And we felt like, you know the the uh, the American market is is such a big market, and uh, you know especially comparatively speaking to Canada, and we felt like uh, we wanted to you know do some different things. Um, we had some American uh, customers and clients at that point. Uh, we wanted to do a little bit more with the salesforce uh, uh, business as well. And so we kind of felt like it was you know we had a, a good discussion with everybody. we felt like it was a a, a good time to uh, expand and and you know develop that side of our business and um yeah, we didn't really take (laughs) into account COVID was going to come along like, you know, uh, whatever, six months later. Uh, So (laughs) that was like, mm, no, we've, we've really enjoyed it. And uh, we really, we are really enjoying it. And and just, uh, as I said, we have a a nice group of customers. Um, We've been doing quite a bit of buying and selling. Uh, We, we even have a couple ponies and things (laughs) like that. And so, yeah, a lot of different things um, than what we, we're, we're you know again doing and and expanding down into this this market which is uh, um, a big big market um, definitely yeah
0: yeah absolutely and I feel like. Um You've obviously seen growth and kind of having to expand and and work with that growth, um, but obviously trying to keep to your main core and philosophy. Tell me a little bit, Jonathan, about like how you would describe your riding and training philosophy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it comes um, a lot from you know Ian and. Uh, which you know that comes from again, back in the day, uh, many many different um, uh, you know, I should say teachers that Ian had along the way. And so yeah, it's it's um, a lot of core the core of it is good basics and fundamentals. Uh, good horsemanship and and doing the the right things the right things along the way are gonna pay off you know as you go along. So you know as things sort of get going with more shows and things get going faster and faster, you know every once in a while it's sort of nice to get back to that and and uh, really get back to the fundamentals how we were brought up uh, doing things. And so, yeah, it's, it's, that's what we try to do with our own horses, our, ourselves, uh, uh, with our customers. And then, you know, then at that point, you know, as you go along, obviously, you know, everything goes from there uh whether it's the the sales horses whether it's the hunters whether you know it, it all there's it kind of branches off from that into the more specific things but in general good basics good fundamentals and and good horsemanship is is the uh is the base of it all
0: kelly i feel like sometime something that i've noticed from your program is that while you do work with riders that are you know Making their way or at the top of the sport, you also work. I mean, you really work with kind of all levels of the sport. Um, So, tell me a little bit about that dynamic, and then why maybe people might not see that always um, with a program offering services to many different levels of the sport.
2: Uh, I really enjoy teaching. I agree, I do do all levels um, starting from I would do you know lead line pretty much all the way up to the Grand Prix. Uh, I grew up that way, so I find that it's again it ties into what Jonathan's saying about basics and fundamental fundamentals and good horsemanship. I think that it's very important that you learn that right from the beginning. Um, and I really I like developing. Students, I like developing horses, and I think that it's an important part of the industry that's maybe a little bit pushed over. I think that basics and things like that come right from the beginning. Mm. Um, I find it a bit harder, actually, to teach some students or I shouldn't say harder, a little bit more difficult to teach some students that sort of have missed the very beginning and basics. It's almost like untraining some things and then having to retrain it, which is almost the hardest part. I never actually did think that I could train or would be a good trainer. And I took it on a few years ago when I gave up my amateur status. Well, I guess more than a few years ago now. And I'd say part of one of my favorite things is teaching them from a young age to bring along and to see their growth and to see what they can do in the industry and their passion for it and their drive. And it really makes it very rewarding. It's like working with also young horses as well. Again, like I say, that's part of the industry that's so that I, I believe is very important. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I I feel like very similar when I first became a professional. I'm like, all I want to do is like ride and show and that's what I want to do. And then my my mentor and boss was like, you know, I have a spot in my riding school to work with these little kids that are just riding. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to like this. And it was like my (laughs) favorite thing. So it's crazy how that kind of happens. But I think having that... that part of the industry that you work with multiple levels. Not only does it help kind of reinforce your program and kind of like what you were alluding to that you kind of get that client from the start, you know, like understanding horsemanship and understanding kind of your philosophy and training program from the beginning. Um, It also creates a space in the industry that there's sometimes a hole and maybe people who are looking within the top of the sport sometimes can't find. So I think that that's amazing that you guys incorporate that or emphasize that in your program too. Um, Looking ahead, obviously with COVID and everything kind of right as you guys were putting pieces together, how do you feel like that Positively impacted your program. Were you able to kind of take a step back and give the horses a break and kind of kind of work on things at home? What was that time period like for you, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it w- I, yeah, it was a nice sort of. Um, we were just finishing up WeF at that point. Yeah, it was sort of a nice, you know, really break, and it 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 forced uh, forced everybody to take a step back again, uh, we were in Florida at that point still. And yeah, we enjoyed the little bit, the, the, was it, it, it all, we all kept, you know, going, uh, or we didn't, we didn't take that much of a break really. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was only what a couple of months maybe. And so, yeah, we, we just sort of, uh, tried to make sure that, yeah, we we didn't we didn't let down too much because uh, we kind of didn't know what was going on with everything. Sure. And uh, again, obviously, a lot more serious things were going on with everything than just you know the horses and what we were doing. But from our viewpoint, what we could control, we were just trying to not let everything you know not let down too much mm-hmm. uh so that we were ready to uh, go when everything started up again so yeah it was you know from that viewpoint we got to work on a little different gymnastics, a little different training uh than we would normally do we normally we only have you know a few weeks off at the most, and so you're not really you know doing too much between the shows a little bit to get ready and you know we had a couple months off so we could really. Uh, get more specific uh we were uh, a s- smaller group of uh, of us so we could be more specific on to whether it was the riders uh, uh uh things we needed to work on or the horses the specific things that we needed to work on so it sort of it it without a you know a show in a week or two it was kind of nice to have that uh uh and and just be able to you know break things down and and uh not feel like we had a time frame that we you know were working within to get uh, uh something you know solved or or um so yeah it was yeah yeah it was it was <laughs> it was fine <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. I don't know about you, but whenever a horse friend or barn mate or trainer's birthday rolls around, I always struggle to think of the perfect gift. I always want something that really exemplifies the equestrian lifestyle. And recently I started ordering gifts and Yes, some pieces for myself because the stuff is so cute from Horse Scout Design. Horse Scout Design is the home of equestrian lifestyle gifts and homewares online. At Horse Scout Design, you can find products with super unique design prints by talented artists and photographers, or you can honestly personalize your own pieces through a photo of your horse or a design that you want to create for yourself, family, and any horse or animal lover in your life i have so many cool blankets and throws i have a dog bed there are so many options at horse scout design that you can really personalize and really make a normal everyday homeware piece have the equestrian lifestyle vibe that you are going for so for more information visit their website at horse scout I feel like a, a part of your training philosophy I know I've seen before is to have happy horses. And I feel like a big part of that includes turnout, which I feel like can sometimes be whether it's level of sport, geographical location. It can sometimes be a tricky topic or even controversial topic. Tell me a little bit about why oh, your kind of stance on turnout and and why you guys choose to have the level of turnout that you do?
2: I'm a huge believer of turnout. Uh, I would say that Jonathan wasn't originally, um, but now he is. (laughs) Uh, I do believe in happy horses. Actually, going back to your comment during COVID, Jonathan was very busy during COVID uh, training away his horses. And I was very much a little bit lost honestly and so my horses we had a little bit of different viewpoints his horses obviously turned out quite a bit and trained and mine turned out in trail ride because I am a huge believer of happy horses and I just believe that at some point uh we get very busy and we're showing and the horses get viewed by some I don't mean to say it like this, but sort of they become machines. And I believe that at the end of the day that everyone needs to remember that they're animals and they're horses. And they are used to grazing in fields and living in nature. And I, we are very big believers in getting back to that. We believe in night turnout as well for some of them. Some of them absolutely love it. They hate the flies and the sun and the heat during the day and don't necessarily like to spend time out. And we've turned out some out in the early evenings and then left out overnight and they're happy as can be. Um, We just really believe, or I especially really believe in, in that and making sure that they're happy and getting to enjoy themselves we have miniature ponies that keep them company and we're just big believers in letting them be horses and for sure there's some that are that are difficult i would say we've definitely had a few of our high performance horses that really struggle with turnout and we're very careful. We monitor them. Um, we had one of John's horses that we couldn't turn out for a very long time, actually. And he just didn't quite understand it. And we actually, that's part of when we started to turn the miniature ponies out with them uh, and give them companions. And that one horse uh, used to not, I mean, it had tried to jump out of pad. It just was not happy. And now it goes, it, we've put it with the miniatures for a while and now you'd see it in the paddock and you wouldn't even believe the stories that we would have told you because he'll be lying flat sleeping and happy as can be. And I think that turnout, it can be used and abused. We're also very careful. We always have our uh, staff or ourselves have an eye on the horses to make sure that the paddocks are visible, obviously, so they don't get running because anything can happen and Yeah. As long as we feel like it's a a controlled environment as much as they can, then we're really big believers in leaving them out as long as they want to stay out.
0: Kelly, aside from turnout, I know that you have a big emphasis on horse care. So what else do you use to keep your horses happy and healthy when it comes to horse care?
2: Uh, as far as horse care, we have a lot of tools. Um, it's very important for us to get the horses out at least three times a day, especially at the horse show. They hand walk or graze at least twice a day or and or get ridden twice uh, or lunge or anything like that. Uh, we use a treadmill as well or a walker when accessible. We're big believers in that as well. Just getting them out, moving as much as we can and grazing and – you know, just keeping their body moving like regular athletes would um, at the high, at the high end of the sport. Uh, We also use a lot of, you know, magnetic therapy and laser therapy and do as much as we can. We love the cold water spa for the horses. We just really utilize anything that's sort of around in the area that we can use to keep their body healthy. And we're also big believers in a natural diet as well. Uh, So we can really monitor what goes in and out of the horses and really break everything down to the basics.
0: Definitely. Let's switch gears a little bit to talking about your sales program. So tell me a little bit about what you do for the sales aspect of your business and then maybe what you feel like sets you apart or maybe how you do things a little bit differently than the industry.
2: We recently started to get in the sales definitely more in the last two years. Um, When I was younger, I grew up in a bit of a sales barn. So I had a bit of the experience and Jonathan also in Europe when he was over there living. We really try to focus on the needs of the industry. It when we're trying to choose horses. Uh, Really, I spend a lot of time talking to people and down at the ring, just sort of seeing what people need and what they're looking for. Uh, You tend to have waves of things. Some years that people are looking for you, 25 horses, some years children's jumpers, just sort of all over the map. I know that for us, I got back into doing the hunters again, which I loved. It was something that I grew up doing. I really enjoy doing. Uh, I enjoy finding nice hunters. I enjoy bringing them along what we tend to do with our sales horses if we buy them. We're not necessarily in a huge rush to sell them. We like to pick and choose. I'm I'm quite picky about what we'll have in the barn, and we like to bring it along and um, get it in time to develop and not be in a huge rush. If they need more time, we will spend the time back home training them and teaching them, you know, some of the basics and fundamentals a little as if we're training the students. Uh, We find that, you know, quite a few horses will come over from Europe and they've, I wouldn't say that they've never really done a lot of the stuff, but they've been sort of through a sales barn and not necessarily did the gymnastics or some of the basics that is important for sure over here in the American market, just as we're a bit different riders and then what they have in Europe, and you're also looking at younger kids and older adults which necessarily they don't necessarily have so much in Europe or the hunters and things like that so really just trying to teach all the horses as many skills as we can before putting them to market so that's really important to us I think having a wide variety of horses as well as Jonathan had touched on I started buying ponies I think that's important but again no rush I want to make sure you know when we're developing the ponies that I don't want that they're kid proof that I send them on trail rides. I send them out everywhere I can. I put different people on them. I send them over to the show and it's very similar to what we do with the the sales horses as well. I make sure that we have a lot of different riders on them so that they get used to that so they don't just necessarily have just one rider on them all the time. And that's just something that I've learned through doing and it seems to be very helpful. Um, and just the uh, we had touched before, just having a very big variety. Again, being conscious of what the market is looking for and what the demand is for.
0: mm mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think variety makes you super unique because I think often um, people will narrow in on um, maybe an area of the industry that they're super comfortable with. And I think because of both of your kind of joined experience and background, you're able to kind of pull from multiple facets of the industry to really offer a lot of different things. So I think it's cool that you can be known for Jumpers and the hunters, and you know, U25 and ponies, and there's so many different avenues that you know, a trainer could come with you know, three different clients that they're looking for, and and you could have something for all of them. So, I think that, yeah, I think that's super unique. Um, What would you say is an area of the industry that you are passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian world either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Kelly, if you want to go first.
2: I have a passion for quite a few things in the industry. (laughs) Uh, I think I touched a little on it before about the younger generations and teaching them all the skills and the, the basics and the fundamentals of the sport, but also horsemanship. And I think a huge part of the industry that's missed that people don't necessarily maybe teach that much of anymore is management of the horses. Uh, I find that there's so many opportunities and so many shows now that you really need to be careful about how you use your horses and how much you use your horses. Again, we touched on the fact you know, it goes back to things like keeping your horses happy and turnout. And I think that any athlete needs a break in competition. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get so focused on I don't mean point chasing, but similar things, trying to be at the top of our sport that sometimes we forget that at the end of the day the horses need a break. And so does your staff, so does your everyone that's involved. I think we work very long, hard hours. And I think the horses can feel that as well. They work long, hard hours. And I think that management is something that really needs to be taught to people. I've had people arrive, you know, for WEF and said, okay, well, we're going to show all 12 weeks. Well, unless you have (laughs) a lot of horses, that is not something that we will allow. And again, I think that that for one thing is for sure missed in our sport. I think that there's a lot of good people at the top end of the sport that are very good at their management and have people behind them managing their schedules and their horses. But I think it's important that we teach the the younger generation and the generations coming up about management of the horses, especially when, I mean, there's horse shows every single week, every single day, it seems now. Whereas in the past, you know, you used to... Have the winters off or the fall off or anything I know know of people that would pull the shoes off their horses and let them be horses and live in a, a herd and just have a break and then build them up for the spring and summer tours again, but that we don't have that anymore, so you have to make time in your schedule while developing it
0: right for someone listening who is seeking after national championships and is, you know, working towards collecting points and is showing most weekends of the year but looking to do a better job of managing their horses and keeping their horses healthier for longer i think a lot of people say a horse only has so many jumps in them so really trying to be strategic what what would you say are like the first steps that you take when you are trying to create a schedule that really properly manages your horses
1: yeah i think i think it you need to have Probably a, a year's goal in mind, and then back it up uh, into probably sections from that six-month goal, three-month goal, right. and obviously it, it's there's there 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 has to be leeway in in these things. But yeah, if you can set out what you want to do, and then again, if your horse is is ready to do all that or can do all that, then I think it's yeah, it's important to you know just discuss with your, whatever your trainer or whoever, uh, uh, to make sure that they're, you know, sometimes as a rider, uh, a rider has one sort of, uh, uh hat on and, you know, to get sort of, uh, uh, finding balance in any of these things is so important because again, not not competing enough the horses won't be you know in in their in their uh ready enough uh, mentally or physically and over obviously on the other side of things overdoing it is is not good so trying to find the balance in all these things is is important and i think you know uh, uh building up to a goal and then you know if if it Fits in a little downtime, and then building up for uh, uh, an event or a goal, and then and I think you know as much as it is whether it's a week, whether it's whatever. I mean, yeah, just that the horses you know have a little bit of a mental and a physical break after a, a, a you know big efforts. And again, like Kelly said, it, it comes down to management. And every horse, every horse, and every rider is different. Uh, sometimes. You know, some horses need to do a few small number of small classes before they do a big class. Some horses they don't need to do anything and they can go straight in. So I think it's you know, knowing your horses, knowing your riders, and uh, ma- you know, managing, planning, and what is going to be best for you know, trying to trying to have what's best for both the horse and the rider.
2: Definitely, and I think having a good team behind you as well. You have to remember we're so fortunate, but you've your blacksmith and your Vet and your acupuncturist, your chiropractor. Right. There's a whole list that goes on, and I think it's also really important that you have a good team behind you, and you and the team with your managers and your grooms as well all know that your what your goal is and work backwards from there to make the best possible schedule for your horses, and also you know between the vet and the farrier, all of that you can all sort of collaborate on what. Is the best thing for your horse and what your horse, you know, like John said, some horses thrive on work and some horses, you know, very well and they're ready for their top competition and they don't need to do as much as others. So it's very important to sort of consider all those things because every situation is very unique and different.
0: Right. Definitely. Well, Jonathan and Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share a little bit about your past, what you're working on now and looking ahead. I think your program is amazing and I wish you all the best.
2: Perfect. Thank Thank you you very much. much.